Welcome back to Something Private, a podcast about everything related to the vagina, from sex to health and the society. My name is Nicole and I am your producer and host. On the last episode, I'm now treated like a controversial queen. YouTuber Pretty Naya and her brother Subash have been given a 24-month conditional warning by the police for a rap video. When I'm just like, come on lah, let's be real. Like I just talk about things that I care about. I just talk about a lot of things that involve me personally because it's race. You know, it's the things that I resonate with. I want to speak up for, for the people who feel the way I do or look like me or sound like me. And I just think it's important to lah. The online video criticised an ePay ad which depicted Mediacorp personality Dennis Chu portraying members of different races in Singapore. We carry on chatting with Pretty Please as she shares her experience of being investigated for the brown face rap video last year, how she quickly bounced back from the incident, the significance of this entire event in relation to our country's progress on racial discourse, and how she feels optimistic about the future. Going back to the whole point on being afraid or like calling people out, I think the very notable incident that we've, we've talked about a bit um, on the podcast really was the whole brown face incident. And I think that that was quite uh, eventful. I, I imagine it must be quite eventful for you. <laughs> and I want to know, I think first and foremost, like did that make you like more afraid to speak up? Or did that change like your role as like an activist? Because I think like it, it became quite extreme i remember i was in the i think i was overseas at that point of time and then i saw the news um i I saw your video first right and then i saw the news and i was like oh my god like i can't imagine what it must feel like yeah to be put in the spotlight for you know standing up for things that you believe in i know i only can think about you know if let's say i would talk about a sexual harassment incident that i wasn't happy with right and then to get called out for being like unruly for instance right i think i would be quite angry as well so yeah, like, how was that incident like for you? I was overseas also when it happened. So, I I guess it was it was just very scary because I wasn't getting the information directly to, mm. like, to myself or to my phone. You know, I wasn't receiving information uh, directly. So, everything I heard was from news outlets or, like, hours, an hour later or two hours later, then I, my, my, my brother reached out to say, okay, finally, someone actually reached out to me. Mm. But before that, we, we, learned, we learned from the media first that we were being investigated. And that I think that's just that's just a huge like face palm moment. La. The fact that I had to find out from like Today Online or CNA that like police investigating rap video and I'm just like, no, I'm standing here in the middle of Bali on a press trip with Fresh and I'm just here like with with a whole bunch of other people standing at a resort. Sounded amazing by the way. And then and then he like I, I was first of all I had a moment to laugh in my own head about the irony of my life. Because <laughs> Like, I'm in Bali at a resort, at one of the most beautiful resorts in the world. And I'm just standing there like, okay, I'm being investigated <laughs> by the police back in Singapore. Like, what's happening? And then I was so confused. Like, I, I, I have a WhatsApp group with Wisan, my intern, and my brother. So three of us were just like, I, I texted them. I was like, hey, my friend just sent me this. Like, what, what's happening? And then they were like, no, nobody contacted us. Nothing's happening in Singapore here. But yeah, people are messaging me. They saw the article also, blah, blah, blah. And that's when... I think maybe half an hour or an hour later, my brother received an SMS from the from the police, like asking him to come down for a statement and all that. And I spent the Bali trip was only three days, and it was a work trip. So I spent the next like 
uh, next entire day being on my phone nonstop or being in the room just trying to figure out like who do I call, who do I speak to. And it was just very, very confusing because there is no like guidebook on how to deal with a situation like this. Mm-hmm. And in that moment also, I can't, I can't recall like, okay, has this happened to anyone? Who can I speak to now? Like in that moment, I was just very wary of who I spoke to because I knew everyone wanted a statement. Everyone just wanted to hear what I had to say. I was getting phone calls from every single media outlet I could think of in Singapore. Mm. And everyone had my number. Everyone had my phone number and I was just getting calls and calls and calls and I was just like, who is giving my number out like this? Like, eventually I learned that everyone was involved in a in an interrogation and everyone had to go down and give statements and things like that. So we got a lot of people reach out to us and offer like legal advice and legal help. So I'm super grateful for that. And I was very overwhelmed like, like with a lot of negativity and positivity at the same time. So I was just confused. Uh, next day I came back to Singapore and they... ICA detained me, even though they explicitly told me on the phone they will not detain me and I just need to go in the next day in the morning to give a statement. So you can imagine how scary that is because you speak to the police officer directly and he's like, oh, no, no, don't worry. Like, if she's coming back to Singapore only at 1 a.m., then ask her to come in in the morning. Like, they were really, like, chill and they said that. And then they eventually just detained me for, like, I would say almost an hour and it was just waiting for nothing and then eventually airport security airport security by the way as if I was like some like transnational like don't know don't know from what like it was very intense lah and then it was so funny because airport security uh, was a guy and a lady who came down and the lady looked at me and said pretty what happened I'm your fan eh (laughs) and I sat there laughing because I'm like really my life is damn ironic like I'm just here like confused i haven't seen a familiar face yet i'm just so like worried don't my brother i know my brother's outside waiting for me i'm just like oh i don't know how long this is gonna take i was just so stressed out and then airport security comes here i'm a fan what happened <laughs> and i'm just like that was it was such a like like heartwarming moment because it was the first familiar or like first kind person in this whole process and then the next day i went to give like my statement and it became an interrogation for like many hours all day i spent at like cantonment and and they took all my like my my computer, my phone, my hard disk. They took everything for forensics. And I was just like, come on, lah, I'm already telling you I uploaded this. I'm telling you mm-hmm. it was made with this video- laptop. Like, I'm telling you everything. I'm so cooperative here. And like, it was just a very long drawn process. And eventually it felt like things were just getting drawn on for, to go on way longer than it should because they just wanted me to put out a public apology. And mm-hmm. they kept, all, all signs pointed to an apology. Like all signs were just like, I was just literally off the record getting asked like, so are you going to put out an apology? And then they were telling me, oh, this is off the record, off the record. We just want to know. And Mm. it was just so like annoying because I just sat there like, okay, I know the only, only thing to do now is a public apology. And I can get why people were offended. And I know that if we were to put out an apology, there were certain things that we had to address and had to say. And the only thing I wanted to apologize for, for was for the tone, was for the tone of my video and how aggressive it was. But I wasn't going to apologize for making the entire thing. I do think it's an important video that needed to be made to even have a conversation and have someone publicly admit racism exists in Singapore. So, like, everyone always asks, like, if you could do it differently or, like, what would you have changed and anything. And honestly, if it meant taking out the word Chinese to replace with racist... I would have done that and I would have changed to racist so if anyone was racist then they can be offended you know so I think that was probably the only thing I would have changed in the video and and I think until today like I must admit that the amount of positive response and the amount of people who 
like have been bringing up the video just in the last few weeks because everyone's talking about racism again. And the people who are bringing it up and saying, you see, when Pretty did this, y'all called her racist, but now you see it really exists. And like people are like bringing it up in a positive way for sure. But and of course, like the neg- negativity online will always exist. Like people will always like when I posted the Black Lives Matter video, somebody in the comments said, "Oh, a racist talking about racism." <laughs> like you know, I will always receive comments like that. But I think that's. I mean, I can look past that obviously because. You're not here to add any value to anyone's lives. You're just here to shut me up, and I'm not about that life. So I just ignore this and I move on. And yeah, I think the more people bringing up the video and talking about it in a positive light, like in hindsight, actually what Priti and Subash did was very important. Like people who are saying that today, I'm very grateful for because like, uh, people who got their intentions and understood why we did what we did and. Uh, the point lah. People who didn't miss the point. Like I, I really appreciate people who don't miss the point at all. And of course, I, I like in my second apology, we have put out that we apologize for the tone and the the way things were said. But I definitely, ho- it, it it goes back to tone policing someone lah. And I feel very strongly about like, if you actually want to listen to what someone has to say, you don't you don't silence them or you don't tone police them, and you actually listen to what they're trying to say. And for all the people who have listened to what I was trying to say, like super grateful. So it's been a very very weird and messy process, and there's no right way to deal with it. But I wouldn't change the way we dealt with it. Like I'm very happy with the apologies we put out, and 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 I'm happy that I still went on to do what I do, and I wasn't silenced or I I didn't disappear from the industry like how a lot of people disappear every time they do something bad or something wrong. And I'm I'm glad I just went ahead to keep making videos and show people that this is what I'm all about and I'm here to stay lah. And if it's uncomfortable, then it should be uncomfortable because I'm talking about a lot of things that are supposed to make you uncomfortable when you discuss it. So yeah. Hmm. But I want I want to know. I mean, like, th- thanks for sharing all of that. But I, I just on the point of like when you were going through that, because to me it feels like okay, like being I don't know the whole idea of like getting addressed directly by a minister it's like you know I don't know like how was that scary for you it was very scary because I think that that was probably the moment we realized how real this Mm. was and like and I was still overseas when that happened like when the video came out with Shanmugam actually talking about me and the video like I was still overseas when it happened so I remember like watching that alone in Bali thinking like wait this is this is this is damn scary because it's super real like this is he's actually addressing this and and like i don't i don't think anyone can pinpoint the amount of times uh, a minister comes up to address a specific issue and so to see that happen on the news for like a good two or three weeks and how, how my face was there like every night and updates on the case and everything it was just so like it was just very frustrating because i personally just felt like a lot of people didn't get to form their own opinions on the video and how they 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 probably would have reacted and, and things like that if they just saw the video on Pretty Pieces' mm-hmm. Facebook page. I think a lot of people just took mainstream media's word for it and and then formed their opinion, which which obviously didn't didn't work towards my favour because you, you, didn't, you didn't get to actually see this for yourself. You didn't hear exactly what I said. You didn't hear the lyrics, the exact lyrics to this video. And you also probably don't understand the, the frustrations and how many times brown face has happened in Singapore. And mm-hmm. I think people just form whatever opinion when they open the newspaper or switch on Channel 5 News and that's when they made their opinion. And they made me look deranged there. Like, you know, in all the screenshots that they took. So it was really bad. So it was quite funny also lah because 
I mean, I learned about this in school. I went to MassCom. I learned how this... I learned how all these narratives get written mm. and I just see how I was perceived in the media and it was quite funny lah because I'm just here like, this is untrue, This I'm not deranged, don't make me look like a racist psycho, don't bring up all my videos of me wearing a T-Pow and say, I've been a racist for so long. Mm. No, no, no. I've just been celebrating racial harmony my whole life, which is what I've been taught to do. I wear a T-Pow because I've studied Chinese my whole life. I'm here appreciating a culture. T-Pow is not religious wear, you know? So, like, don't don't compare wearing a T-Pow to a man wearing a Tudong. And that irks me so much because do your research, lah. You know, do your research. Like, that's... It's, it's different. You can accuse me of cultural appropriating, sure. But understand my story, understand where I come from, understand why I'm wearing this and making a Chinese New Year video. Mm-hmm. That is celebrated in Singapore. So I'm, it, it, it makes me... Like when ministers wear tudongs and saris and everything to just say Happy happy Deepavali or Salama Hari Raya, that's okay. And wearing a tipao becomes racist. You know, so it's... To me, it's just like, come on, like form your own opinions, do your research and... and before before just believing everything you see in the media la. but of course like like I apologize for everything I, I wanted to apologize for already and I think I I'm I'm glad like it's been almost a year since the incident mm-hmm. and I'm still I'm still doing me, I'm still making videos, I'm still I'm still pretty pleased. I'm glad that it it didn't affect me to the point where I couldn't keep doing what I what I do. So I remember last year before we got our conditional warning, before the outcome came out, I wrote a whole national day video and I'm like the best thing I could possibly do now is a National Day video because the nation felt they felt like the nation was against me, like mm. you know, and, and looking at mainstream media, looking at TV and news. So I was like, this will be hilarious to do what Pretty Please always does, which is an annual National Day video. I cannot not do it because of what's going on. Mm. And for a fan or follower, it's gonna look like okay, Pretty's in probably some deep serious trouble. She's MIA, she's not saying anything, she's not doing anything, she's not making the videos that she would normally make or she would normally comment on. And I was just like, you know what? I think I need to do it for the people who understand me, the people who care, the people who want to be entertained by more Pretty Please videos and and also want to know that I'm okay. You know, I, I feel like I owe it to the people who've been there from day one. So that's when I remember, uh, I don't think I publicly said this, but yeah, I went, I wrote a whole National Day script. I called my lawyer on the phone and I went through the whole National Day script over the phone. And, and it was like a two-minute call and I went through the whole script. I was like, so can right? <laughs> There's nothing, right, that, that might be taken out of context or people are going to use against me. And he was like, no, everything sounds good. And I remember thinking like, okay, this is this is it, lah, you know? Mm-hmm. He gave me the okay and this is the, technically the only person I can turn to right now to ask for advice because I need legal help. That's it. And, and I was just like, I'm just going to go for it. You know what? I'm going to do it. And I mm-hmm. put that video out. I was so nervous and... The video did so well and the comments were just like, I will come back queen. <laughs> and I'm like, technically I never left because like that, that brown face thing happened in end of July. Naturally, it's nine days later. So like it, I never left and I and I made sure to like, I'm not I'm not going to just disappear. You know, this is not like an Eden Ang situation where I make a mistake and I disappear. Like I'm not, I'm not guilty of doing anything other than starting a conversation about racism, which we should have had many, many years ago when I was in secondary school getting all the racist jokes that we should have been already at a stage where we could have that conversation. So, yeah, the only thing I'm guilty of is being... <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to say something sassy here. No, but, like, legit, the only thing I'm guilty of is starting this very important conversation. Like, and and I'm... And no regrets, lah. Really, no regrets moving forward. I'm glad I went ahead to make more videos and call myself Singapore's top conditional warning receiver, which probably <laughs> pissed a lot of people off. But, I mean... Yeah, like I said, like, you know, it's, if it makes you uncomfortable, you need to address it. Lah. So, 
I, I'm glad I'm glad that I just didn't stop making videos because the last thing that was on my mind was to be like okay I probably should shut up and just not say anything until it's safe because mm. I'm not going to wait till things are safe it's never going to be safe doing what I do so yeah I feel a lot of respect and admiration for you because it must not have been a, a easy situation to go through and the fact that you continued to stand up for what you believed in I think that like really 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 hats off I think that that's like the strength that you exhibit like I just really like props to you thank you <laughs> I want to talk a bit about like the your whole realm mm. of like activism and like standing up for what you believe in and like addressing racial justice in Singapore, the whole recent, like, Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matter movement, right? Yeah. Are you positive um, with regards to, like, how that conversation is going to play out in Singapore? Because I think people are talking about how, like, this is a issue that stands alone as, like, Black Lives Matter and, like, people are mm. also saying, like, oh, but we need to draw that kind of comparison to Singapore. Yeah. Talk about, like, racism and then the whole idea of, like, not silencing the black people in, in Singapore but also recognising that, you know, racism exists. So I want to know what are your thoughts yeah. about it first and foremost and then are you positive that there will be some level of, like, positive change? I think you briefly mentioned this earlier but I, I really believe that a lot of these issues and social causes all intersect. And I saw this TikTok from America. So this black lady said, you cannot say Black Lives Matter if you don't stand up for trans people. If you don't stand up for LGBTQ rights, you cannot say Black Lives Matter because are you, are you telling me that you only, only the straight Black Lives Matter, only the cisgender Black Lives Matter? Like, you cannot, like, speak up for racism in Singapore. You cannot say, like, oh, don't be racist to Indian people, don't be racist to Malay people. You cannot say all these things. But then, at the end of the day, you don't support LGBTQ rights because... There are like Indian people and Malay people who fall in that category as well. You can be a double minority or a triple minority, you know? So it's it's the same as like saying, even for the people who say all lives matter, <laughs> you cannot say all lives matter, but then you attack fat people. You know, you, you can't do that. And yes, you can have like your own like opinions or maybe you're not too sure about something or you're, you don't know if you should comment on something yet. And like I said, it just goes back to doing your research and understanding and educating yourself before putting out a statement like that, like, oh, I support black lives, I support all black lives, they matter. And then also being a homophobe. You know, you, you can't, you can't do that. Mm. So before you air out like your views like that so publicly, maybe you need to like think about it on your own and see like where you properly stand on all these different social issues and causes and, and how they all really intersect at the end of the day. So I think, I think that's something we all need to think about because it is very stressful to like to want to like support a cause or support something and then eventually realizing how okay no 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 this could come back and bite me in the ass because I actually don't believe in LGBTQ rights mm. you know like like mm. it, it, you need to think about all these things before publicly putting out something your opinion like that out there lah I definitely think that there's a chance for positive change and I mean I think even with the fundraiser that we started like I did not even expect the response like that and yeah, like even the conversation about racism in Singapore was a conversation that, yeah, we maybe have like briefly touched on it like like a couple of years ago and stuff. But only last year was the first time that we publicly had a nationwide discussion about racism. And now again, mm. once again, we're doing this. And with the Tamasek Poly kid that just got arrested, with the, the other kid being investigated for using racial slurs on Instagram Live, like we are finally all having a nationwide discussion we're not at that stage where we're saying like ah yeah this is okay what you know mm. we're, we're no longer saying that now i see people on twitter i see so many people resharing the today online articles and saying like don't censor his face we know this guy we see we see it happening for so long and so like people actually know about all these things happening they're talking about it they're already in, in the midst of this discussion they're not saying like 
I, uh, that's not racist what it's only racist to Americans like I, I barely see comments like that and that's mm-hmm. so amazing because I think I truly believe that this if this happened before the brown face incident or before just two three years ago maybe we would probably still be at that stage where a lot of people would be like huh but the n-word is okay in Singapore what with every incident or with every like racist encounter or anything that happens in Singapore there's so much for all of us to learn and move and educate ourselves on and the next time it happens we have so many different things to say we won't be back at square one like how I talked about racism in Singapore last year but now with Black Lives Matter there's so much more mm-hmm. I can say there's so much more that I can share and help other people also learn along with me because we've been through so much and I'm not sitting here saying the same things I say when I first started making videos and when I first started making videos I was probably like uh, having way more fun with making fun of racist stereotypes in Singapore because back then it was mask behind a lot of humor and it was just oh these are just jokes we all say it to our friends so I used to poke fun at those things and now I'm using my platform to talk about Black Lives Matter and actual racism in Singapore with brown face and things like that so I think with how my content has evolved I think the average Singaporean, anybody consuming content in Singapore, that's how your mentality can also evolve, you know, from looking at your friends and the racist jokes they make to actually reading the news and being like, oh yeah, but why are we not looking inward? Why are we mm. not looking at, at Singapore itself and Singaporeans and how we shouldn't be racist and how we shouldn't say this to our friends of minorities and friends of colour or anyone else around us, you know, we shouldn't say things like that. That's checking yourself before you wreck yourself. That is literally it. And being able to do that is... I would say it's one of the first steps though, because that's acknowledging. And then after acknowledging and listening and educating yourself, that's when you take on the role to like educate the people around you. And you can and by when I say educate the people around you, I really mean I really mean it being as simple as a conversation, like a hey, don't say that. Here's why you shouldn't say that. You know, it's that simple. It's not like you have to provide a a whole resource mm-hmm. guide or like go on an Instagram live session and have an hour long discussion with somebody to explain and teach so many people at once. It is really like you in your daily lives and how you can help the people around you. And and that can start with your family members, the friend circles and, and all that. Something Private is a podcast produced by VFM. Tune in to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favourite podcast. Also, if you want to get notified the second a new episode hits every Tuesday, make sure you subscribe to us on all the relevant podcasting platforms as well as social media to get notified the instant this voice hits the airwaves. If you've liked our content so far, do us a solid by sharing our episodes with your friends, your families, with your acquaintances on social media, and give us a tag and shout out at something private pod. That's something private pod. P O D. Or if you'd like to chat with me, send me your feedback, suggestions, or you just want to have a discussion, feel free to slide into my DMs as well, or drop me an email at nicole at somethingprivate.fm. That's nicole at somethingprivate.fm. I like recently I got a couple of DMs of people saying, what happens if the lost cause is your mm. parent? And... I really don't know, like, how to... How do you teach your parents something? Like, you know, yeah, if we can talk about teaching them how to use social media and stuff like that, that's all the fun, trivial, stressful stuff that we do on the daily. But with these actual important issues, like, how do we... How do you tell your mom that something they're saying is racist? And you can tell them that, but it's not going to be easy. They're not going to be like, okay, tell me why. They're just going to be like, that's okay, that's fine to say. They're going to brush you off. They're not going to 
understand where you're coming from and they're probably not going to listen to you because you're their child. What do you know? You're the kid, you know, which is something I got a lot growing up. I got the, okay, okay, keep quiet. You don't know anything. You're too young. Like I got that a lot. So I can get it, you know, being a 16, 17 year old now and trying to talk to your parents about these things is super tough. Lah. So I really think taking it upon yourself to even have that conversation and to try educate and to try tell somebody why something is wrong is really the first step. And once you make that move, which is a very, very bold move, of course, I think if it comes to no avail and if someone's really not open to hearing you out and they're just going to shut you out and you're going to make your life really miserable, especially when you have to live with them, I really think it's a matter of picking your battles because sometimes if you can use the the power that you have or like the platform you have or whatever resources you have to help other people who are willing to learn and willing to change, then you should do that instead. You know, if it means talking to your peers in school, talking to someone else in school, this is a very Singaporean thing people always say, but people always joke about how, never mind, we wait for the older generation to, to die first, which is very morbid, very, very morbid to say, but I've heard this a million times and I feel like I finally see it happen. You know, I finally see that around me. I finally get it because... You can't talk to like a 60, 70 year old if they mm. don't want to change. You, It's very difficult to have that conversation. I'm not saying they're all like that because my mom is in her 60s and I can have a conversation with her about this but we all don't have that privilege of having a parent that would sit there mm. and have a discussion. And if she said anything that I thought was problematic, I'd be like, hey mom, don't don't say that lah, that's not okay. And I can laugh it off and be like, no seriously, you know mom. And then I can explain why. And we're cool, we're cool in that sense. Of course, the average Singaporean family is not that, it's not like that cool uh, to talk about something like racism, of course. So I really think it's a matter of uh, picking your battles and using your energy and resources to educate the people around you who are receptive, who want to learn, who are probably going to be able to engage with you in a conversation and, and understand where you're coming from. Uh. I think if it's better for your mental health and for your, your actual life and for you to like live in a house peacefully and not, not have to constantly deal with someone who did not respect what you said and, and, and it's not, it's not going to treat you the same after a conversation like that, then maybe it's a matter of not having that conversation or waiting mm. for a better time. Maybe a couple of months or years need to go by and maybe when you're older, they might hear you out. That's, that's really the only advice I have if, it's, if you're talking about your parents who could be the lost cause in a conversation like this. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they're your parents. Lah. So, you know, you try your best. You just try your best because you love them. And, and like how they've forgiven you for all the mistakes you've done as a child. <laughs> Sometimes maybe we, don't, we need to take our time and decide that, you know what? I don't think I can have this conversation with my mom today. Maybe when I'm older, she'll listen to me. Maybe when the time is right, I'll try again. Like with this whole fight towards like certain kinds of justice right on social issues it's like a marathon i think it's important also to find like people who believe in the same things as you do and then taking breaks like handing the time over to them to do it and then you know like taking a back seat and like coming back when you are more recharged that's that's really important and i also just want to say that like i think going on to the point where you're talking about you know how you have adapted your content to having more serious conversations like thank you for being honest about that because i feel like that's you showing that you have to also adapt and to change the way you present yourself in order to for our society to grow together i'm really just i feel like Mm. i'm learning and i'm also just trying my best because i think it's so easy to get like burnt out like people always say this in the industry but i but I think they say this in the capacity of just creating mm. content. But I mean, when you create content like this, the burnout is com- entirely different. It's emotionally exhausting. And, and and like, of course, I never started 
making videos to be like, okay, one day I'm going to be a social activist. One day I want people to look at me and be like, oh, what does Pretty have to say on this? No, I just really wanted to make people laugh and talk about important things that I cared about. And I still want to do that today. And I get that sometimes my approach has to change to certain issues and like how for the fundraiser, obviously I was going to sit there on my camera and just be honest and ask all the questions that I had in my head out loud. And I think as much as it's very fun and it's, it's funny business to be a comedian is also mm-hmm. very serious sometimes because you need to know when when this is not a joking matter, this is not a laughing matter and I'm done with the laughing laughing about this issue and here I am to talk about mm-hmm. it seriously. And of course, if I'm going to sit here and talk about, ser- talk about it seriously, it might just be in my nature to crack a joke or two because that's just me. But if it gets my point across to make you laugh, like chuckle that one time in a 10 minute serious video then I will do what I need to do because that's also how I deal with everything in my life you know I laugh at it first I like when that was brown face was happening to me I just laughed at the irony of my life first before dealing with it and I will keep doing that lah you know I will keep laughing at everything around me and I'll keep laughing at myself before anyone tries to make fun of me so that's just how I deal with it and if I'm not talking about social cause I'm not talking about a social issue here and it's not activism in any form Hopefully, it's just completely entertaining, mindless, funny nonsense on the internet. But if I'm talking about something important and serious, I definitely still want to get my point across by by also showing people out there that if Pretty Please cannot laugh at something for 20 minutes and she can actually be serious, anyone can also be serious because I'm probably one of the most full of shit people on the internet. <laughs> and and I think, I think that's also a very important way to like put it across like you know like especially for the younger followers you know if if you're gonna follow me to see all the silly videos and all the instagram lives or like the nonsense that i do and remember all that that dumb iconic quotes that i say from 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 my videos then i think you should also be able to appreciate this you should also be able to appreciate the very important videos that are uh riddled with so much truth and so much like like of of our all our realities that that you just need to see as much as you're looking at the videos of me and we sun bathing my dog <laughs> you know you need to also see the video that of me talking about race in singapore and talking about migrant workers in singapore especially during covid 19 so i'm not saying anything that's news to a lot of people i'm not saying things that are brand new information that we all never knew about i think all of us think the same things but it's a matter of putting everything out there um, I think that's so important because it's helping a lot of people kind of form their, their, their kind of think about other things that they haven't thought about and also kind of form, put, put the thoughts that they have in their minds into words, actual words, so they can have these conversations with, with the people around them. And really, I think the, the, the comment that I've seen the most for like uh, the fundraiser, as, I mean, for, for the Black Lives Matter video was that, thank you for putting this in a video. Thank you for helping me say it. Like, I couldn't have said it better myself, you know? So it's really things that we all talk and think about. It's just a matter of it being in a digestible form of content in like a video, a simple to watch video, honest, straight up. This is exactly all I got to say. I'm not using any words that we don't understand. And it's all simple words that we hear every other day in the news or, or in anything we read. And it's very easy for you to like consume this and understand what I'm trying to say. I think um to wrap up like the whole conversation, I want to kind of go off on like a slightly lighter note before we finish up and everything. I want to ask a bit about your relationship with like your brother, first of all, and how has your relationship been, um, was it central to, you know, like helping you retain like some mental sanity you know and then also like for for an individual like yourself right I want I mean this is just me being capable but like I also wanted to know like have you have you found it like difficult to 
um, because of like your personality and like your celebrity status, right? Like, was it is it difficult to date in like, Singapore? <laughs> I definitely think it makes life a lot easier when you have somebody to go through it with you. Of course, so I think after going through like. Uh, the, the nationwide like scandal the brown face scandal was probably when it hit me that like oh my gosh I'm so grateful I have like someone else that is right here with me that knows exactly how this feels because I mean of course I was so grateful for all my friends and everybody around me but at the end of the day nobody truly got it because they weren't in the exact situation and it's very rare to have someone in the same exact boat as you I was grateful that I had someone to like go through it all with but it, it can be quite overwhelming or so because I think behind the scenes people don't know that like it doesn't probably doesn't look like it but I'm the more rational and calm one sometimes and I'm just there like telling my brother like okay I really think we should do this and sometimes the, the another battle on my end is the struggle of like convincing my brother to like do something or like or like see it my way and you know there's that whole but because because we're siblings also la, then it, it's so very tricky to navigate this industry because the last thing I want to do is to tell my brother what he can or cannot say or tell my brother like how to use his platform because you know we are we're in this together lah you know I want to support you as much as I can but I also need to be sometimes I need to play devil's advocate you know I need to be that person to tell you like to help you question things and help you form this like thought process a little better because I have your best interest at heart so I'm I'm still figuring out how to navigate that but other than that it's extremely fun to work with your own sibling I mean, especially when you get along, lah, of course, but there are moments where we obviously don't get along and we hate each other. We're very normal siblings that hate and love each other a lot. Lah. So he's been super crucial to like everything that I do, especially even the whole utopia thing. He's the one who got me on board. So for Miss Education, uh, it's, I think we're trying to make it a monthly series. So Miss Education is, is me being playing the teacher Miss Education, giving you the education you missed. And <laughs> episode one was about dormitories in Singapore, migrant worker dorms. Yeah, it's been a very rewarding series because it's so important. And I'm just so happy that once again, people care about a lot of the things that we haven't talked about in mainstream media. I learned so much just by shooting an episode and the script that I'm saying, everything that I... I'm learning as we go along this whole series and I'm just so, I'm also very excited to see where this goes la, and to see what, what else we're going to talk about. And as for the next question about my dating life, it's been, it's been very weird. La. Like honestly, I really didn't think it would, I really didn't think being pretty pleased would like affect my dating life because it was non-existent to begin with. And it was like nobody, like I never, okay, so I've never been in a relationship but I have dated la. I've dated like randomly, and I guess the 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 last the last person I dated like was probably the the only like serious person I've dated. But I don't think being pretty please, um, has like I I don't know being pretty please has been weird because people always come into it like saying things like oh you're a celebrity mm. uh, and then and then I don't like that because to me it's very like you don't say that la. <laughs> you know like like why you gotta make it weird <laughs> why you gotta say this kind of thing like just be normal la. and. But of course, sometimes I've been on dates where people like have asked to come take my mm. picture, and that's when I think it's very like, I uh, <laughs> like why you, why you do this now? Like I'm in an awkward like first date situation, and this person doesn't know me well enough to like, to like realize that this doesn't happen every single time I go out. Like it is occasional, you know. So it's just it's just been weird. But I'm not gonna be one of those people that sit here and say, oh my god, life is so tough because people recognize me. I'm not. I'm just so grateful that people care about the things I do and enjoy the stuff that I, I make online but it's just yeah dating has been weird I haven't like 
yeah, I don't, I don't really have any like high hopes for like my love life mm. anymore. I used to be that 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 kid and that kid who would always be like, yeah, I want to get married by this age and I want to have this many kids and this many dogs. But I think that's quite unrealistic now as a twenty five year old. <laughs> now I'm looking at it like, yeah, I don't really see myself, like I don't really see myself getting uh married at the age that I think is quite a realistic age to be married by, which is probably by like thirty or like even in my early thirties. So I don't see it happening, and I'm not that pressed about it. Like last time, I would be quite like sad or I'd be really like. Why does nobody like me? Like you know, I used to be that chick that would say that a lot and be very insecure, but then now I feel like I just if it happens, it happens lah. You know, if it happens and if I feel like, uh, this is right or if I'm happy, then sure lah. But, but yeah, if if it doesn't make me happy, I've also been, like I I think I'm mature enough to the point now where I'm like, if it doesn't make me happy, if it doesn't spark joy, leave it. You know, <laughs> so if it doesn't make me happy enough, like I would just, if I feel like I can't just be me or just be myself or if I have to hide a certain side of me or if I feel a bit uncomfortable even sharing like um, what it's like to actually be pretty pleased behind the scenes like if I think that's too much for someone to handle then I won't bring them into my life lah you know I would just be like you know what maybe this is not gonna work out so yeah I think I'm, I'm glad that I've waited like however long I mean I, technically I didn't wait lah it's just nobody like me ah. but <laughs> yeah but I'm glad that but I'm glad that like I'm older now so if I ever get into a relationship I'm definitely mature enough to like uh, for it to not end for a dumb reason or like something silly or petty like how young, a much younger relationship probably would have been yeah so I I'm okay lah you know if it happens it happens yeah I'm shouting out on this podcast that I'm single and ready to mingle <laughs> so hit me up I just wanna say it's not that nobody likes you it's nobody deserves you okay nobody deserves it <laughs> oh <laughs> yes uh, but I'm not, I don't know if that's true but I hope lah I really hope somebody deserves me lah I don't wanna be alone <laughs> Also, I just want to say that, like, the podcast is the worst place to shout out because, like, we're full of females. Uh. But, hopefully... <laughs> okay, uh, if y'all have any cute straight friends, straight male friends, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Slide in my DM, say, hey, I heard your podcast. Then, after that, I, I don't know, I'll know what you're talking about. <laughs> shout out to Pretty and Visan for being absolutely lovely individuals for coming slash coordinating this entire episode. We hope that this conversation was productive, insightful, and funny. We strive to have meaningful conversations and to get you guys involved as well. So let us know if you enjoyed this episode. What are your thoughts? Are there other questions you'd still like us to discuss? Feel free to drop me a DM on Instagram at somethingprivatepod. That's somethingprivatepodpod. Or you can drop me an email if you prefer at nicole at somethingprivate.fm. Be sure to catch part one of this two-part series if you haven't already done so. Otherwise, I'll see you guys next Tuesday for a new episode.